Praise the Lord Church. Are you happy to be in the house of God? I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, many times uh, we can come into this place discouraged and uh, feeling a bit worn out. But after you have spent time in God's presence, you can go out with a different perspective. Has that happened to you before? Amen. Are you expecting something this morning? Yeah. Amen. I was praying uh, over the, the last few months and I'm sure many of us prayed fervently, earnestly, that we would have a government that uh, would respect our freedom. But God in His sovereign will causes things to happen. And some of His ways are mysterious, uh, difficult for us to understand. And uh, I must be honest that on 23rd, I was deeply disappointed. Uh, because from my finite mind, the small mind that I have, I thought it's not looking good. The, the, you know, the, the way things are going, the trajectory of our nation is headed in a different direction. And I was disturbed. But then towards the evening, as uh, we have a, a, a WhatsApp group where friends you know, talk and exchange ideas, and then suddenly the thought came, you know, we have every right to ask, but finally God is the one who sets people in authority. Amen? Yes? And so what we are going to do this morning before I get into the word, I feel led to do this, so that we as children of God uh, would do what scripture asks us to do. We are asked to pray for our leaders. And so we're going to pray for Prime Minister Modi uh, before even he takes office again for the second time. We're going to pray for... Uh, the new cabinet that needs to be formed. Uh, I may not agree with the ideology, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is our Prime Minister. And if he walked into this room, I would give him the respect that uh, he deserves uh, and we should all do the same. So let's pray for him. Shall we do that? Uh, if you love our nation, do you love India? Yes. Uh, I am passionate about following Jesus, but I'm equally passionate. Uh, to be a proud citizen of India. And so let's, can we stand for a moment to our feet and pray for the nation? Let us pray that across these constituencies, 542 that have already polled and there's one left, there will be peace, there will be tranquility. The work of the enemy to divide will not work. We are the salt, we are the light. We know the true God. We're going to call out to God and pray for peace in our nation Pray for wisdom for our leaders. Pray for a good cabinet uh, of ministers to be there to advise. Pray for the bureaucracy. Now, I don't need to tell you how to pray. Uh, I'm sure you are a praying community. So would you take a few moments and just call out uh, by faith in prayer for our nation? Let's do that together. Shall we do that? Amen. Lord, we come before you today and we bring our nation before you. Don't wait for me to pray. You pray your prayer. Pray together. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, from the east to the west, not to the south, there will be peace, there will be tranquility. A new leadership that has been selected by you, you have appointed them. You bring leaders into office and we recognize that today. It is not by our will, but it is by your will that this new government is formed. And we pray for Prime Minister Modi, we pray that you would give him wisdom and direction and understanding and there will be a change, God, in the, in the way we look at our government. We would love them and pray for them regularly and trust you to do what we cannot see. Lord, we can't see the future. You can, but we trust you to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or imagine. And so we pray that in this nation, the name of Jesus will be lifted up. The churches will unite. God's kingdom will come. We as your citizens, we will flourish. We will do what you have called us to do. Any fear that is there will be replaced by faith. We will see things from your perspective, Father. We recognize that this leadership is appointed by you. And so we pray, Father, for every chief minister, every governor in our nation. Father, we pray for the bureaucracy. We pray for men and women in authority. We pray that they will discharge their duties faithfully. We pray that your will will be done on earth, will be done in India as it is done in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Please be seated. 
I was thinking of the metaphor this morning. This is not connected to the message, but I was thinking of that metaphor uh, where Jesus said, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Do you remember that metaphor? Uh, not a very pleasant. I wish he had said, I'm sending you as lions among lambs or, uh, you know, if he had used a little more powerful metaphor, you know, we have always been called sheep, correct? And uh, we are being sent as sheep among wolves and then he goes on to say be uh, harmless as doves and be wise or shrewd intelligent careful as serpents and so that's the verse the Lord laid in my heart as I looked around uh, this morning and I prayed that's the verse that came to me so we need to do what God has called us to do we will continue to do what God has called us to do we love our nation we are patriotic we are people who care deeply we pray regularly for our nation. Amen. Are you one of them? If not, I want you to start doing that. Start doing that. Speaking. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to speak ill. But it is important for us to pray. Amen. Amen. Last month, we are doing a series on transformation. Uh, we have done uh, two sessions already. The first session we spoke on spiritual health. Uh, last month, we looked at mental health. And I spoke about five areas. How to be healthy mentally. Number one, I said I'm going to do a recap because there's always a month's gap. And so just a recap so that you don't forget what we've done. Uh, don't believe everything you think. Uh, you and I have a capacity to lie to ourselves. Sometimes we you know, exaggerate in our mind uh, and we look at things from a very different perspective. So don't believe every thought that comes into your mind. Second truth that we studied last month was God your mind against garbage and we said there's something called as brain food there's toxic food there's junk food and we also spoke about wholesome healthy food so guard your mind against garbage last month we also covered uh, the topic uh, don't stop learning never stop learning and you can learn from different people you can learn from the aha moments and you can learn from the oh no moments both will come in your life. You know, the aha moments, the eureka moments, when something dawns on you, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Uh, that's wonderful. Those are the aha moments. And then you have those oh no moments. Do you have those? Yes? And you can learn from those. You can learn from people younger than you. You can learn from children. There are things that we can learn from children. Just watching them. There are so many ways we can learn. So don't stop learning. Number four, we said renew your mind daily. Uh, with God's word and I spoke about how your mind can get tired, weary and then God's word has the power to renew and to strengthen it. And finally, the fifth thing that we covered last month was let God stretch your imagination. How our mind always sees things from a limited perspective. God wants to do much more than we can ever imagine or ask or even think. This morning... I want to talk to you on emotional health and why this is so important for us as the people of God. Would you turn in your Bibles please to Jeremiah 17 and verse 14. Jeremiah 17 verse 14. And if somebody can read it loudly for us please. Jeremiah 17 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Now, I do realize that we as the Pentecostal Church have spoken a lot about God being our healer. And we talk about physical healing uh, quite a lot. Uh, we talk about He not only forgives our sins, He also heals all our diseases. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases and so we do believe in physical healing we do believe that miracles have not stopped that is something that we are deeply convinced about that uh, there's a group of people called the cessationists who say that all miracles stopped after the day of Pentecost and that is far from the truth we don't believe that we believe that miracles do happen even today the Lord Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever and so we do believe in in Jehovah Rafi, the God who heals. 
But one of the areas that we don't sufficiently focus on, we don't talk about too much, is the area of emotional healing. And so this morning, uh, the topic we are covering is very important for us, the area of emotional healing. How we need to be healthy in our emotions. And if we are healthy, we can minister healing in a world that is broken. You know, we live in a world that is broken. Yes, do you come across people at work, in your neighborhood, uh, in different places where you interact? Do you come across people who are really broken inside? Yes. Do you see them? Do you interact with them? And one of the things we must remember, in order to minister to them, we have to be healed on the inside first. We can't take them to a place we've not been to. We can't offer them something that we ourselves don't have. Correct? So we need to come to that place of healing. And so today, uh, I want to talk about emotional healing. Now let me mention two truths that I have come to realize over the last many years of, of pastoral ministry that everybody, every human being, at some point has had emotional wounds. Are you convinced about that? There's no person in this room or outside who can say, I have never had emotional wounds. We all have emotional wounds. Uh, some of us, we've been healed. Some of us are in the process of healing. Some of us, and you know something, this is not something that will happen just once or twice. It can happen uh, several times at different stages in our life. But emotional wounds are a reality with every human being. Number two, second truth that I want us to ponder on is that emotional wounds take longer to heal than physical wounds. Are you aware of that? Emotional wounds take longer to heal than even physical wounds. Uh, in pastoral counseling, talking to people, I've come to discover that some of the wounds from childhood, from adolescence, from teenage, from uh, young adult, that age span, people sometimes carry that way past that time frame into their life. And many manifestations, many things that people do is because of unresolved wounds that they carry. Now the beauty of our God is He not only heals our physical bodies, but he also is able to heal our emotional uh, wounds. And so this morning, if you realize that yes, there are wounds, there are hurts, and uh, it's important for us to recognize that it's, it's not just one or two. It's, and do you know, people in ministry, pastors, can easily get hurt? Uh, do you know that? Yes, yes. Do you know that there are pastors who carry uh, deep hurts against their own congregation? because of expectations, because of things that have happened. You know, pastors are not immune. So if you think pastors are some spiritual giant up there, they are doing fine. We are the only ones struggling. Not really. All of us, every one of us has to confront uh, spirit, uh, emotional wounds. Number two, these wounds, if we don't re uh, deal with it, we can carry them for a long period of time. And so to recognize that we need to deal with it. So let's talk about five steps towards emotional health. Five steps, biblical steps. Number one, in order for me to be emotionally healthy, I must reveal my hurt. I must reveal my hurt. Do you know that there is something called as a self-defense mechanism in our own systems when something bad happens we tend to try to push it to the back of our minds we want to forget about it some people will even say forget just think that this incident never happened uh, just it, it just think it, it was a nightmare uh, just a bad dream and just move on that's easier said than done that's not how it works uh, things that happened you have to recognize it happened, good or bad, uh, it has its impact on you. It has its impact on me. And to, to realize that I must reveal my hurt. And to recognize that by burying it, by 
trying to escape, ignore, cover up, uh, trying to forget about it is not the solution. Uh, I need to reveal my hurt. And I want to talk about three uh, ways to reveal your hurt. Number one, uh, admit to yourself first. You know, we live in self-denial sometimes that uh, we are not hurt. We are macho, we are fine, uh, we are strong, uh, we can face this. Uh, but to reveal to yourself, yes, I am hurt. I am upset about this. Uh, this is something that has caused grief to recognize it, admit it to yourself. Number two, admit it to God. Now, you would immediately ask me the question, doesn't God know? Yes or no? Of course he does. But when we admit to God, a process of healing is initiated by God. Are you with me? Uh, have you come across those Psalms, and I think I've mentioned this before, which are are called the imprecatory psalms. Have I spoken about that here? Imprecatory. Okay, there's a group of psalms. It's a technical term. Don't get worried when you hear some big words. I'll explain what it is. Uh, imprecatory psalms are psalms in which the psalmist express deep emotion to God. Have you read psalms in the Bible where verses where it says, break their teeth, O God? Have you read it? Yes, no. Have you wondered what in the world is this verse doing in scripture? Uh, you can't read that on a Sunday morning just before worship, break their teeth, oh God. Uh, and you, you start wondering, why in the world is it there in God's holy word? How about in Psalms 137 where it says, uh, Blessed are those who take your little ones and dash them against the, the rocks. Have you read that? You read that in, in the Bible? Yes, I'm not making it up. It's in Psalms 137 uh, where it says, By the rivers of Babylon we wept. We laid down our harps. They said, sing a new song. We said, how can we sing a song uh, in, a, in a foreign land? Uh, Bonnie M made that song famous with a very upbeat, uh, what is it, music to it. But it's actually a, a song of pathos, song of pain, deep pain, deep hurt. Uh, you see, the Babylonians had taken over the nation of, of, of Israel. And when they went into captivity, uh, the kind of atrocities that were done to their people, you know, uh, their children, their women, they were uh, ravaged. Uh, and for men to watch their loved ones before their eyes uh, being taken away and uh, molested and harmed. And these men were standing helpless in chains. And you can feel that anguish, the pain. And that's the background of these Psalms. So you'll see some Psalms in the Bible where people just express deep emotion to God. Uh, like, you know, blessed are those who take your little ones and, and dash them against the rocks. Well, they did not actually do that. But they were honest enough to express what they were feeling to God. And that's something for us to ponder on. So, when we come to God, to be honest, Lord, I just cannot stand that person. Do you know, whether you admit it or not, God knows it. So, why not admit it? Uh, why not... Come to God and say, God, every time I see that person, all the memories come flooding back. And everything that they have done to me and all the words they've spoken, and it is so painful when I see that person. Uh, why don't you be honest with God? Because if you don't become honest with God, there is no way God can heal you. Amen? And if you want healing, you have to start with being honest. Admit to yourself, admit to God. Number three, this is a difficult part. Admit to one person, a godly person whom you trust. Admit to a godly person whom you trust. Now, I do realize that there is always that fear, the nagging fear. What if this person goes and talks about it to somebody else? You with me? So, uh, if you realize that there are godly people, and you can look around and you will find them, uh, who will keep confidentiality, who will pray for you, who will pray with you, and who can keep what you have said. They are not the British Broadcasting Corporation who will go around telling people about what you have said. Are you with me? You go and tell them they have the capacity. There are people. And if you uh, trust that 
godly person it can be an older person a mentor it can be a father figure a mother figure it can be a pastor it can be a leader somebody a godly person whom you trust where you reveal your hurt now let me say what happens when you don't reveal your hurt in psalms 39 and verse 2 and 3 uh i'm going to read from the new century version okay there are contemporary versions and sometimes they bring it out in language that is easy for us to understand okay by the way this entire series when it's done there are seven parts to this i will be very happy to share my notes i will give the entire notes uh, to pastor and uh, he will make sure that it reaches you is that fine if i give it to you before it will kill the whole series uh and some of you may not even show up no i'm just saying <laughs> no but i'll give you i i assure you i'll give you the the notes of what we are doing so that you can look back and you can uh read through it revisit it and pray over it let me read it for you so now you may not have this in your bibles in this form but i'm going to read in the new century version psalms 39 verse 2 and 3 i kept very quiet and then these are the rest of the lines but i became even more upset i became very angry inside as i thought about it my anger burned now when you don't deal with things and you keep it inside it becomes like a a, a volcano you know there's a lot of volcanoes on the outside look very quiet correct yes yes but inside it's like churning inside there's a lot of uh movement happening uh, there is a lot of of uh molten lava that is kind of churning on the inside and that's what happens when you don't admit that you've been hurt when you don't admit it to yourself when you don't admit it to god and the third step i'm not asking you to just go and carelessly go and talk about it to anybody everyone may not be able to help you but somebody who's able to weep with you pray with you uh who's able to understand what has happened and minister God's healing to you it's important that you open up let me read another word uh this is again the new new century version when i kept things to myself i felt weak deep inside me i moaned all day long uh when you keep things inside it it starts to sap you of of strength of vitality of the productivity that god wants to see uh, happen in your life and in my life uh, if you harbor these uh, hurt emotions just keep it and let it grow and don't deal with it uh, it has a way of coming back it has a way of affecting you affecting people around you it can affect uh, your loved ones it can do you know uh, it can affect your marriage it can affect your parenting it can affect your work it can affect every facet of your life when you don't deal with hurt uh, have you come across the statement hurt people hurt others have you come across the statement you know people who have been hurt generally they will hurt others it's not consciously it is not uh, you know deliberately they don't even know that they are hurting others Uh, i don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and you know sets a goal for the day today three people i'm going to hurt i don't i don't think anybody does that uh, it's just that they've been hurt they have not dealt with it and what happens is that it starts growing within them it starts becoming a wound it festers and then some day it starts affecting it starts and that's why the bible talks about the root of bitterness have you come across that verse in hebrews 12 uh, i think it's verse 14 uh, where it says be careful that no root of bitterness spring up uh, when you let these wounds uh, fester a root of bitterness uh, springs up and you can cut the the shoot but the root is still there it will still come back it will still find ways of of manifesting in the way you deal with people and in in the way you interact with particularly family and and immediate people who who daily interact with you you will keep hurting hurting them and one of the reasons is unresolved hurt the second truth that i want to bring to us this morning not only should i 
reveal my hurt to uh, admit it to myself admit it to god admit it to a godly person number 2 i must release those who hurt me i must release those who hurt me now one of the most difficult decisions that you and i will have to make in the area of being hurt is do i want to get healed or do i want to get even i want you to write that down do i want to get healed or do i want to get even getting even is we will make the score quits we will we will we will sort this out some day i'm going to get you uh, like it or not i'm going down uh, but i'll make sure i'm taking you with me have you met people like that uh, i grew up in kolkata and uh, one of the things i would hear people say morle tumake niye morbo if i die i'm taking you down with me uh, that's that's wishes are you with me and not only will you go down imagine now you have increased the weight now two of you together you're going down surely are you with me but that's that's the attitude that we want to pay them back and even in our mind we are not willing to let them off the hook they've hurt us and we are waiting we are in our mind sometimes i want to settle this i want to uh, teach them a lesson i want to get even with them but the more we try to do that it is important for us to remember that we are hurting ourselves all of us have limited amount of emotional energy write the statement down all of us have limited amount of emotional energy now physical energy it depends on your age and your health but emotional energy we don't have like infinite amount of emotional energy after some time we are going to get worn out yes or no yes to recognize that i have limited amount of emotional energy and i am not willing to spend it all on trying to get even i want to be healed i want to move forward and uh, you may ask me the question how do i know if i am healed how do i know that i am not carrying a wound today it's a good question a valid question uh, if you have a physical wound and uh, the wound how do you know a physical wound is healed how do you know a physical wound is healed okay let's let's uh, talk about this for a moment i know this is sunday service we are not used to doing that but let's let's talk for a moment yes somebody said something yes it stops hurting that's that's true it stops hurting the scar may be there but the pain is not there anybody else any other thought on this how do you know a physical wound is healed how do you know how do you know we don't need to protect that place anymore otherwise it becomes very sensitive even if someone touches unknowingly we kind of like uh, cry out with pain we don't retaliate retaliate back to them yes we don't have to uh, to realize that okay let me stop and make one more statement have you heard this expression forgive and forget have you heard that expression uh, you know what honestly i am still looking for a verse in scripture that tells me that forgive and forget uh, forgive yes the forget part i am not very certain whether it's there in scripture i have not yet come across this the human mind is such that memories will come back true false it is easier said than done to forgive and forget because you know some people can remember a lot of things i can remember things from when i was 4 years old and you tell me now to forget things is not easy to forget when i see them i will remember what has happened but having said that if i am healed there will be no pain there will be no reaction the scar may be there but there will be no pain 
you with me it's the same emotionally release that hurt release that person release those who have hurt me because when you hold on to that hurt and you hold them accountable what is going to happen is you are not going to be able to move forward now you will ask me they don't deserve it they don't deserve it true they don't deserve it but how many of us have asked forgiveness of god anybody have you asked forgiveness to the lord come on be honest this is a sunday morning some of you are seated i've never asked no i've asked even this morning i asked god forgiveness first you know i keep asking god for little little things that i remember i'm sorry i shouldn't have done that maybe i shouldn't have said that maybe i was brash maybe i i didn't think and speak now do you deserve forgiveness every time do you deserve forgiveness no but god is gracious correct yes so if god is gracious to us we must be gracious to others the bible talks about why we were sinners christ died for us ephesians 4:31 and 32 get rid of all bitterness rage anger brawling slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you so in other words to realize that yes they don't deserve forgiveness that's that's a fact maybe some of the things that people do they don't deserve forgiveness but having said that we also didn't deserve forgiveness we've done things that we don't deserve forgiveness but christ forgave us and because christ forgave us now we are obligated to forgive them amen you received forgiveness now it's our turn to offer forgiveness forgive us our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us trespass means when they step into your space into your boundary uh, there will be times unknowingly you will step into somebody's boundaries you will hurt somebody and there will be times others will hurt you and to pray that prayer meaningfully truthfully you know one of the problems is we don't pray this prayer at all uh, i have seen people who will end and begin every prayer every service with uh, our father who art in heaven uh, and it's a powerful prayer and they just like rote memory they just parrot it without meaning it and then there are others who never pray this prayer at all so i want us to sometimes it's powerful to pray this prayer and so lord forgive our trespass as we forgive those who trespass against us again another scripture reference you can write it down romans 12 17 to 19 don't pay back evil for evil don't avenge Uh, leave it to god he says he will repay those who deserve it don't take the law into your hands don't try to sort it out in your vengeance is mine says the lord and so that's one thing to remember as we release as we let go uh, people uh, who have hurt us number 3 replace old lies with god's truth replace old lies with god's truth today in our time of worship we read that verse from romans 12:1 uh, i beseech you brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god this is your reasonable service and then it goes on to say don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Do you know something in the years when we were growing up we've had authority figures speak words over our life if you ask a child what the teacher says to them is extremely important true false what parents say what teachers say what grandparents say it it just kind of it just enters their system and it becomes part of their growing up and sometimes 
the hurts and wounds we carry is because lies have been spoken to us. You are dumb. You are slow. You are ugly. Uh, you are clumsy. You are always late. And maybe the, the parents, the teachers, whoever were the authority figures, maybe they, they thought by shaming you, they were helping you. Maybe they thought that if they said this to you, you would, you know, pull up your socks and turn things around. But as a child, it was like a sponge absorbing whatever was thrown at it. Are you with me? Those words have sometimes got into our system. Uh, you are good for nothing. You will be a failure. Uh, if you continue like this, you will push a cart one day. Thelawala uh, banega. North India. Thelawala. You will become a sweeper in the municipality. All kinds of things. You are laughing, but I, I promise you, I have heard parents say sometimes the most atrocious things to children. I have heard teachers say. The other day somebody walked up to me and said, I used to write poetry as a child. Till class 9. And she said, I wrote poetry that people uh, would uh, appreciate. And then I met this teacher who said that all poets at some point became mad. And uh, those words kind of got stuck in her mind. She stopped writing poetry and she came to me and said, uh, I feel bad about it today. Uh, the point is, authority figures have tremendous power in what they say. And to recognize now, if you grew up in a dysfunctional home or if you had these words spoken to you, you can't change it. But you can at least change it for the next generation. You can change it the way you deal with kids now. Uh, positive words of affirmation. Words that value, show them value. Uh, so it's important. And so to, rem to remember that these old lies have become part of our thinking process. It has hurt us and that in turn has affected the way we think. And so you meet people with very low self-esteem. Have you met people with very low self-esteem? It's because of lies that have been spoken over them. Do you know that the moment you come to Jesus, you become a child of God. As many as received him, to them gave he the authority, the power, John 1.12, to become children of God. Now, for you to look at yourself and to say, I'm a child, I'm an heir. I have a fortune waiting for me. I may have nothing with me today, but I am chosen. I am set apart. God's spirit dwells within me. I am a joint heir with Christ. There are hundreds of verses in scripture. To replace old lies with God's truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Everything else is false. Only God's word is true. Are you with me? If something is contradicting with God's word, that is false. God's word is true. The author of truth is behind the word of God. God himself, to recognize that, to replace old lies with God's truth. And that's the reason listening to God's word regularly is so important for us. Because if we stop listening to the word, it's very easy for us to go back to old lies. Lies that have been spoken. Words that have hurt us deeply. That has become part of our, our thinking process. To replace old lies with God's truth. Let me read two verses. Uh, powerful verses. He who touches you, touches the apple of his eyes. Powerful verse. Amen. He who touches you, you are precious to God. You matter. You matter. You're important. He who touches you, touches the apple of God's eye. That's a powerful verse to ponder on. How about this? You are precious. I will give Egypt for your ransom. Cush and Sheba in your stead. God is saying, don't fear. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And then he goes on to say, you are precious. I will give 
Egypt for your ransom. I'll give anything to get you back. You are precious to God. To realize that God's word is truth. And these words that have been spoken, they are not the truth. They may affect me, but I don't need to live with the influence of those words. Words are very powerful. Very, very powerful. And that's the reason the words we speak at home are so important. Bible talks about let your speech be seasoned with salt. That means choose your words carefully. One of the mentors that influenced my thinking as a pastor uh, is a person who I deeply admire. And watching his life, uh, one of the things I admire the most about him is he chooses his words extremely carefully. Extreme. He will not say one sentence without, you know, if he says something and he doesn't mean that, he'll turn it around and say, by the way, that's not the right word. What I was trying to convey is this. Till he gets that right word. He's very careful with what he says. And I am praying that God will help me as a minister to be careful with the words I use. Uh, as a father, to be careful with the words I use. As a husband, to be careful with the words I use. Very, very important to recognize that there are words that are powerful uh, and it can affect people. Yes? Amen? Amen. Okay, number four. Let's come to this. Refocus on the future. Yes, you've been hurt. You release it to God, replace it with God's truths. But the need to refocus on the future. Thank God for uh, the rear view mirrors. Do you thank God for them? Yes? Yes. Those of you who drive, do you watch your rear view once in a while? I hope you do. Because if you don't, in Bangalore, you can't predict what will happen. Okay? Many parts of India you can't predict. Thank God for the rear view mirror. But what if you lived your entire life? What if you drove only looking at the rear view mirror? Wouldn't it be disastrous? Some people, they live life focusing on the past. They spend a lot of time talking about the past. You don't know what they did to me. And every time you meet them, they are so caught up with the past. They are not able to move forward. I want you to recognize something. There are people who will allow their past to affect their future. There are people like that. I've come across people in my counseling. You counsel them, you pray with them, you work with them. And then they will go back to their default mode. Which is, but pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Right? I've spent so many sessions with you, showing you God's word, praying with you, listening to you, but you don't know what they've done to me. And the only way that you can come out of that is when you decide, you make a decision, I'm going to shake this off and I'm going to move forward by the grace of God. I'm not going to allow my past to affect my future. What happened, happened. I can't change it. I can't let that affect me and live lifelong with that. There's a verse in the book of Job. Uh, Job 11, 13 to 16. Can you look at it please? Job 11, 13 to 16. If somebody can read it for us please. I want to read this again in a contemporary version. Today's English version. I'm going to read the same verse. Powerful the way they put it. Listen to it. Put your heart right. Reach out to God. Face the world again. Firm and courageous. Then all your trouble will fade from your memory. Like floods that are past and remembered no more. Your past is not your future. You cannot afford to let your past 
affect your future. No matter what people have done to you. No matter who has done what to you. To come before God and say, God, I need to be healed. I want to be healed. I find this fascinating. In John 5, the Lord is speaking to this man by the pool of Bethesda. You remember that story? He's an invalid. For 38 years, he's an invalid. And I find this question extremely strange. He comes to him and asks him the question. Sometimes the Lord would ask some very unusual questions, you know, in the Bible. I find it extremely strange that he would ask him the question, do you want to be healed? The man is lying there by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. He's an invalid. And the Lord is turning around and asking him the question, do you want to be healed? This morning the Lord is asking you the question, do you want to be healed? I can't answer it for you. I can tell you I've been hurt. There have been times when I, you know, I've been upset with God. There have been times when I've been, as a believer, as a child of God, I've been terribly upset with God. Uh, I remember... Uh, I've shared part of my story here but I, for the benefit of those who are here for the first time or have never heard this part of my life uh, my parents were missionaries they served the Lord faithfully uh, in West Bengal they planted around 30 churches so I grew up in a church planting setup. I grew up in a pastor's home and uh, my parents were deeply committed to Christ you know I have seen many pastors and leaders uh, and I can truly say that my parents loved God and they truly followed God. But I, I do remember uh, my, losing my dad at 17, 17 and a half, and then losing my mom at 20 and going through that grief. And I remember for close to six months uh, dealing with the grief, the loss, uh, six months of, of crying out to God. I would preach uh, I, I didn't quit the ministry because by then I had already finished uh, college. I was planting a church when my mom passed away. Uh, when, when my dad passed away, I was in college. But I remember for six months coming home and crying and saying these words to God. God, it's unfair. Uh, my parents never harmed anybody. They served you. You could have given them a few more years. Uh, there are people with grandkids. There are people with great-grandkids. My parents didn't even see my sister and I uh, settled. And so those thoughts plagued me. Uh, you can not only be hurt with people, you can be hurt with God. Are you with me? Why this? Why that? And uh, I want to say this morning, uh, if you are carrying that feeling, God wants to heal you. If you will open up to him today, uh, today can be a turning point. This day. And I prayed, I prayed fervently, Lord, let there be some healing today. I'm not talking of physical healing. I'm talking of emotional healing. Where God heals you. And today when I talk about it, you know, when I talk about my uh, losing my parents, uh, I, I, I do miss my parents. That's, that's the fact. Uh, but I don't grieve over them anymore. Are you with me? Uh, there have been times when I look back and I've, I've wished, especially milestones, uh, personal milestones, when... We got married, our kids finishing Bible college, uh, getting into different aspects of ministry. I wished, I wish dad was here or mom was here to watch this. Uh, but then I also do realize that in the sovereign will of God, God chose to call them home. And they're in a better place. They're in a place with no pain, no suffering. They are in the presence of God. I'm convinced about that. And so today, I want to say, you may be hurt not just with people. You may be hurt with God. And God wants to heal you. He wants to embrace you. And He wants to set you free. I want to talk about the fifth area and then we will pray. We will spend some time in prayer. Here comes a very important part. Let me go over the four steps. Number one, emotional healing begins when I reveal my hurt. Number two, emotional healing begins when I release those who hurt me. Number three, Emotional healing begins when I replace old lies with God's truth. Number four, emotional healing begins when I refocus on the future. Now comes the most important part. God wants to redeem your pain. 
God is in the business of redemption. Let me explain what I mean by that. Even the most painful situation that you've gone through, God can turn it around and use it for His glory. He can use that hurt, that pain, once you are healed, to minister life to others who are in need of help. The fifth point in emotional healing is reach out to help others. Reach out to help others. One of the ministries, now many, there are many different types of ministries I'm involved in, in teaching, in preaching, counseling, mentoring, different things that you know, I do at, at the seminary and outside in the church. But one of the ministries that I have focused on, and it has come through my life's experience, is to weep with those who weep. Particularly those who have lost a loved one. I've spent a lot of time on our campus with students who have lost loved ones. I have a burden for them. I pray for them. Moment I hear someone's lost their father, their mother, whatever, or lost a brother, or some people who've lost children, I, it just something in me just pulls me towards that person. And there's a reason for it. I had to go through bereavement, losing two parents, uh, quickly, in two and a half years, to lose both of them. And so it became something dear to me to be with these people, to listen to them, to pray with them. The Bible talks about going to the house of mourning. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of, of feasting, of celebration, book of Ecclesiastes. And for me, that has been true in my ministry, to spend time particularly with those who have lost a loved one, to pray with them, to talk to them, to understand what's happening and to, to journey with them in their grief. Uh, that has become part of my ministry. 2 Corinthians 1.4 It's one of my favorite verses in scripture. The God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may comfort others with the comfort that we have received from God. Amen? The God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. Henry Nouwen is uh, a celebrated author uh, who has written several books. He was a Catholic priest. Uh, he taught at Harvard, Notre Dame, Yale. Uh, talk about some of the most prestigious uh, institutions he taught there. He was a Catholic priest. Towards the end of his life, he went to a community called Lash and he spent the rest of his life uh, taking care of people with special needs. Uh, he wrote a book, very powerful book, it's called The Wounded Healer. And in that book, he talks about how each of us uh, have had wounds and how God has to heal us before we can minister healing to others. Amen. So I want to challenge you this morning. One of the reasons you need healing is not only for yourself. There are a lot of people out there who need healing. And the only way you can minister life to them the only way you can become a channel of blessing to them is if you are healed. Are you with me? Once you are healed, you are now in a position to help them. I like that verse where Jesus told Peter. Remember, Peter was the one who said, if everyone leaves you, I'm not leaving you. And then the Lord looked at him lovingly and said, you know what? Uh, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But when you are restored... There will be a time in your life when you will be restored. And Jesus knew that he will be restored one day. That he would be a powerful leader of the church. He said, at that time, strengthen the brothers. You will be restored one day. God will heal you. God will take away that pain. You will remember the incident. You know, it God is healing you. Now you're free to minister healing to somebody else. Reach out to touch others after you are healed. Amen? There are others. You understand what they are going through. And you don't understand it here. You understand it here. Are you with me? It's not just cerebral for you. When somebody talks to you uh, about, uh, you know, I've had to deal with a special child or I have a special child. 
By the way, uh, my own sister-in-law is a special child. Uh, my wife's youngest uh, sister. She's 42, but mentally she is about three. There are three of them. My wife's the eldest, the middle daughter is in, is in Sweden, and the youngest one is a special child. I'll be honest with you, I was pastoring, but before I married my wife, I, in my mind, vaguely knew that it's difficult to take care of a special child. Vaguely. Experientially, I didn't know anything. Uh, I, I would go and shake hands with people and say I pray for you, but I didn't really know how difficult, how challenging it is uh, to take care of a special child. Uh, how it's difficult to explain things to them. It's like having a three-year-old with you for 42 long years. Are you with me? My mother-in-law has had to take care of her for 42 years. And that's a long journey. Uh, it's easy for you to say, you know, they don't go through the milestones, they don't cross over, they don't begin to read, they don't begin to write, they don't understand the whole talk. Their mind is so, so affected. You can know this uh, theoretically, but to understand this practically, the moment I got married into this family, I married my wife, I suddenly understood what it means after watching them in action. And I said, oh my word, this is hard work. This is 365 days a year. There is no holiday for this. This goes on. And times when, you know, they have to go through surgery or go through some challenging situation, and they don't understand why the pain is suddenly, their behavior goes all over the place, and their medication gets uh, revamped, and then uh, sleepless nights, and all kinds of challenges. But today, after becoming part of this family, I've come to realize I need to reach out. There may be others who are struggling. Are you with me? God comforts us in our tribulation, in our pain, in our grief, that we may comfort others. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet for a few moments to get a Now listen to me carefully. As we go into this time of prayer, there are two, three things that I would like to encourage you to do. Number one, if you have hurts that you have been trying to just forget about and just bury it and move on as if everything is fine, I want you to admit it to God. Okay, so we are not trying to like judge you in any way, and I'm not going to call you to the front, nothing. Just be where you are. Would you be honest with God and say, God, yes, after listening to this message, I realize I need healing. I'm carrying her. Number two, would you make a decision after the service to reach out to somebody? I'm not saying today, I'm saying in the next few weeks. Would you please reach out to somebody? and share, you know, I've been hurt, I'm carrying this hurt, or I've carried it for so many days or weeks or months, and would you pray for me? So reach out to somebody, your pastor, pastor's wife, leadership, uh, a pastor here, there are many people in this church, this church has, has a good leadership team, there are people whom you can trust, whom you can open up to, would you please do that? Number two, if you are harboring pain against somebody, would you release them today? Would you please release them? This is uh, tremendously free. Say, okay, they don't deserve it, but I am going to let go today. Because Jesus uh, released me. He gave me the forgiveness I don't deserve. Number three, would you make a decision today that that painful experience that I went through, I'm going to look around and when God brings these people in my path, I'm going to take that extra effort to reach out to them. Would you do that? You know, you're going to look around and you will find other people who have gone through similar or the same experience. <coughs> True or false? 2 Corinthians 1 4, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may comfort others with the comfort that we have received from God. Today, if you fall in any of these three, number one, if there's a hidden wound you're carrying, while we go to a time of prayer, I'm going to ask uh, if somebody can help us with that song. I offer, just the acoustic guitar will do, I offer my life to you, everything I've been through, uh, all of my hurts, my wounds, my past, 
I lay that to your feet. While this song is being sung, worship him, you can help me with I offer my life. You don't worry about the, the power not being there. But as the song is being sung, things in the past, things yet unseen, wishes and dreams that are yet to come true. Uh, as we sing that part and as we sing, I offer my hurts, I offer my wounds, I offer it to you, God. I uh, offer myself an entirety to you. Uh, God knows it. And so let's be honest with God today. Secondly, uh, I'm going to release the people who hurt me. I'm not going to carry this. Number three, uh, by your grace, after I'm healed, uh, I'm going to reach out to minister to others who have gone through this. And, and that will be such a powerful uh, witness because you are not speaking theory to them. You've gone through this. You understand what they are going through. Amen? We have a high priest who is touched by the feelings of our infirmity. He was tempted in all points just like us. And that's why he lives today to make intercession before the Father for us. He was tempted in all points. You think Jesus went through loss? Jesus went through rejection? Yes, he did. Did Jesus go through uh, suffering and pain? Yes, he did. Did he lose a loved one? Yes, he did. John the Baptist, his forerunner, cousin, when he passed away, when he was beheaded, he went through pain, grief, he, he withdrew to a solitary place. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He understands pain. Every head bowed, eye closed as you respond to God. This is a solemn moment. The Holy Spirit is here. Uh, if you happen to cry, don't feel bad about it, it's fine. Be sensitive to me at the end of the service. We're not trying to say we are fine and you are in trouble. We all have gone through this. God wants to heal us today. Do you want to be healed? God wants to heal you. <coughs> Lord, God will give you the grace to release them by faith and to say, God, 
just as you have forgiven me even when i didn't deserve it i release them number 3 those of us who have experienced emotional healing that we would say lord i'm available this week this month as you bring people into my path give me sensitivity to understand what's happening to listen to what people say to listen to what people are not saying and to understand that they are communicating even when they are not saying anything and then to re- reach out by your grace to minister life to them let us pray our father in heaven we come before you today we thank you for your word that has the power to give life this morning we have studied your word and lord we recognize that you are not only our healer physically of our diseases but also emotionally of our heart and so there are if there are people who are wounded today i pray that they will recognize they will admit it to themselves they will admit it to you and then they will reach out to somebody godly who would be able to pray with them minister to them and impart life to them father i pray for those who are holding bitterness resentment against people maybe people have hurt them tremendously today i pray that you will give them the grace by the grace of god they will be able to release those people and they will be free right now you said if the son of man sets somebody free they will be free indeed and so today i pray that you will release people they will be people who will walk out of the service feeling free in their spirit father and lord i pray for dear brothers and sisters here who have been healed as they look around and as they see people who are going through pain and suffering who are going through similar experiences i pray the god of all comfort who comforts us will help us to reach out and comfort them we offer ourselves before you today we want to be that wounded healer imparting healing to others in the areas where we've been hurt where you have ministered healing to us we thank you for your presence in our midst in jesus mighty name amen